This is a Therapy Geeks podcast. You're listening to a discussion between mental health professionals and friends in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope that this helps you find peace and understanding in this crazy world. Now here's today's podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Brandon from The Therapy Geeks. And in today's podcast, I wanted to give you a practical exercise for overcoming the negative self-defeating thoughts that sabotage your progress. Now, we all know that our thoughts are absolutely a guiding factor to our behaviors, to our life. And if we can gain control of the negative thinking habits that we have created, then, man, we can really change the course of our life, our relationships. We can really begin to change the trajectory of our entire life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is how do we change those negative self-defeating thoughts? Well, there's an exercise that I use with many of my clients, and and many of you have probably heard a variation of this, but we're going to kind of go through it step by step so you know exactly how to replace those negative self-defeating thoughts and not just to replace them with the positive because that's just not enough. You know, the example that I use quite often is if I am drowning and I'm thinking to myself, I am drowning, I am going to die. But then I think, oh, the only way to get out of this is to think about the positive. And so I think, no, I'm not drowning. I am completely fine. Guess what's going to happen? Because you're drowning, you will die. So in some situations, it's just not enough to think on the positive. Now, of course, we can change that to, okay, I'm still alive. If I can calm down, I can get somewhere safe or I can see my surroundings. I can really begin to take a inventory of what's around me. Now, when I do that, that's not just the positive. That's just, hey, yes, we're in distress right now, but we can overcome if we just calm down, if we just survey the land, because we could miss the lifeboat that is coming by. We can miss maybe that driftwood that will help us stay above water. So when that lifeboat does appear, we can call it to us or they can see us. And so it's not just enough just to replace, you know, the, the negative thoughts with positive thoughts. We want them to be real, truth-affirmed thoughts that help to defeat, not just cloud over those negative thoughts. And so that's one of the things that we're going to do today is we're going to really focus on what it is that we need to do when we are trying to overcome these negative thoughts. And so the exercise that I utilize with people is what we call truth versus trash. I mean, you guys have probably heard of variations of this all the time. And so we're going to utilize that. But when we talk about trash, I really want to kind of define these because trash is unhealthy views or opinions that affect the quality of your life. They're the things that could be your perspective. They could be things that you're hearing. They could be, I mean, they could be thoughts since your childhood. Maybe you heard caregivers, parents, grandparents, teachers say these ugly, nasty things to you, and man, they hit you to the bone. They hit you square in the heart. 
And you've carried that with you for years and it has just embedded itself into your brain and in the way in which you interact with people. It is so interesting to see so many people that come and see me that when we start to talk about certain situations, how quickly they go to the negative. Yeah, but it probably won't work out. Yeah, but I could see it falling through. Yeah, I think I'm just not the person for the job. You know, like it's so easy for them to go to that negative. And so definitely trash is the unhealthy views or opinions that affect the quality of your life. Now, a truth. What is a truth? Because we got to replace that trash with a truth. And we'll walk through that here in just a second. But when we talk about truth, it is a specific body of beliefs grounded in reality, either factual or hoped for. Because we might look at this and say, let's say if we're looking at where we're talking about body image. And so my trash thought might be I'm ugly or I'm overweight. Well, the reality is, is that I might actually be, you know, like if you look at me today, you know, I feel healthy, but I'm not. Um, I am in an unhealthy weight range. So yeah, I could use some losing of some weight um, just to help me sleep better, to breathe better, to uh, be able to run around with my kids and really enjoy life. But yet the truth is, is that, yeah, I am overweight. However, there is that part hoped for, but I can eat better and I can get to a healthy weight range. Like that's that hope for. It's not trying to just tell myself I'm thin when I'm not. I want to really replace it with a truth. So that could be factual or it could be something that is hope for. I hope to get this job. I hope that life will not just improve, but I hope I'm hoping for a thriving existence, you know, but yet even the tone of our voice can do that. It's like, yeah, well, I hope for that. That's not really a hope filled response. But if I have to say, you know, if I change the kind of the tone and the heart posture and say, man, I'm really hoping for good things. Now, of course, you know, we're going to talk about the, you know, the spiritual implications of this too, because I feel as if, if we don't attack it from a spiritual standpoint, we're going to kind of miss the boat on this one. We're going to kind of be, you know, that one-legged uh, fighter that's in the boxing ring. Yeah, you've got some good, you know, left hook and a good uh, southpaw, but man, you might be off balance because, you're, you're really taking the legs out from underneath you when you take away the spiritual implications. But this is my um, encouragement to you. If, you. if you're listening to this, that you will listen to it. You know, if you are a, if you are not one that prescribes to a specific faith, if you are one that is coming from it, um, from just either a scientific view or an atheistic view or an agnostic type view, man, stay tuned because the still the exercises that we will go through will still be one that is much needed in overcoming those negative thoughts. Now, I will be you know honest. I will see it as a disadvantage if we don't bring God into this. And so definitely, Christians, please tune in because we are going to grab from God's truth. If we were to look at this, 
We as Christians know what the truth is because we have it in God's word. And because we have it in God's word, we can conceal that and we can print that on our hearts on a daily basis and we can live by that truth. Because if we have faith in God, if we have faith in Christ, then we know that he saw us as value. That's why he sacrificed himself. He died a horrible death and he chose us. Out of all creation, he chose us. Those are some hard-hitting, reality-grounding thoughts and beliefs. And so we're going to definitely be, be pulling from those. So a truth is a specific body of beliefs grounded in reality, either factual or hoped for. So where does this trash come from? You know, kind of what happens within the body um, especially when we think about this. So, of course, we've already kind of talked about the fact that, you know, trash thoughts can come from childhood. They can come from childhood trauma. They can just um, neglect. They can come um, in many different forms, you know, even going into puberty and maybe some of the things that we experience during that, seeing our body change, not liking the changes. Maybe we were went through an acne phase. Maybe we went through an ugly duckling phase. Um, and so... And maybe even, you know, I've I've seen this many times too, where, you know, through acne and stuff like that, people picking at their faces. And so therefore they're kind of scarring up their face. And so that then guides them to think, oh man, I am ugly. I am not attractive. I'm not gonna find somebody. How could anybody see me as lovable? But the fact is, is that many, I mean, almost every teenager will go through this phase. You know, there will be some that will scathe on by, or maybe, you know, they are, um, they have the means to be able to um, buy acne medications that work and the lotions and the, you know, preventatives, and they go to see a doctor and all that kind of stuff. And good for them. But most of us, we will have to go through that type of a stage. And so going through those transitions, when I talk with families, those transitions are sometimes um, really what what causes the conflict in people's lives because it's, it's, we are not prone to liking change. I mean, that's really the truth. And so when we go from one developmental stage to the other, we leave behind childhood and now we're having to kind of come into this awkward adolescent teenage phase where we want independence, but yet we don't have the means to get there because we can't have jobs or we are just starting out. Maybe even our families are, you know, still in struggling phase. And so we cannot get to the point in which we want. And we're going through these kind of awkward transition phases. And then especially, you know, the launching platform, you know, graduating high school, going off into college or going into a trade school or just looking at your life past high school. And I will tell you right now that there is absolutely a life past high school. You teenagers that are there right now, you are in the midst of so much backstabbing, so much drama, so much just negativity from your classmates to what's going on in our schools now. But I promise you, there is another life past high school. So when we talk about this, we're going to look at the fact that there are some stages that, yes, we're going to endure, but yet keeping that hope-filled response inside of us that's like, I don't have to stay here. I won't always be subject to the cliques of high school. And so these thoughts can come from many different avenues. 
But one of the main things is that what makes them so predominant within our lives is if we continue to entertain them, we continue to give them a place in our thoughts. So not only has these things happened to us, but yet we are now thinking continuously or consistently about those thoughts. Especially when hard times come, we go straight to those. Because when we look at the structure of the brain, there are neural pathways that carry signals from one side of the brain to the other. It sends emotions from one side to connect with experiences on the other side. And these experiences and these memories, these emotions become so intertwined that it's hard to separate them. But yet we begin to give them more and more power and control because we allow ourselves to think and ponder and to go to those as our go-to responses every single time something negative comes up. Even when we have something exciting come up. You heard me earlier say, yeah, but I probably won't get the job. You know, like we can have exciting, you can see this in people where it's like, man, this is great. Things are rolling. Things are going for you. You are on an upward trajectory. Yeah, but it probably won't last. Oh, that sometimes is the most frustrating thing to hear somebody say. We're talking about all the good. We're talking about the upward trajectories. We're talking about all the good things that are happening in their life. And then the balloon gets deflated. We are left in a place of, oh, and there is that negative thinking pattern. But the thing is, is that we really do need to kind of pop the balloon, so to speak, of the negative thinking patterns and really fill up our lives with not just hot air. (laughs) We want to fill it with the life-giving breath of truth. And so I come back to that religious side because scripture says um, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is what Jesus said. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So when we talk about the truth, we are talking about Christ and what Christ did for us. He did because of us. He did, even in some cases, in spite of us. And so... Where does the trash come from? The trash comes from experience. Trash comes from sin. It comes from trauma. It comes from many different ways. And so some of the the common kind of trash thoughts that I have heard um, over the years, and you guys can put in your own, and maybe you connect with some of these. But here are some of the ones I hear quite often. I am ugly. We've already kind of talked about that one. I am not enough. I am worthless. Life is pointless. I am unlovable. I am a failure or a disappointment. I will never amount to anything. So how do we overcome some of these powerful and pervasive thoughts? Because remember these neuropathways? Man, they can become entrenched highways of negativity because of the life we continue to give them because we continue to think about them. We continue to ponder them. We can continue to give them a place in our life. And so they become huge highways of just negative thinking patterns. And so I want to give you guys some helpful steps to overcoming the trash. 
And so here it is. Step number one, we need to identify your trash. And when we talk about this step, it is really talking about taking every thought captive. Second Corinthians 10, 5 and Romans 12, 21 both say the same thing. They say, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So taking your thoughts captive simply means gaining control over what you think about yourself and your life. Gaining control. Did you know that it is within your power to gain control of your thoughts? They're not as run away as they might feel. You have the power inside of you, especially Christians, because we have the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. God's Spirit dwells within us. And because of him, we have those fruits of the spirit. We have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Guess what that means? That means that you have the control. You have the power to gain control of those. Now, those that don't have the Holy Spirit living inside them, you guys haven't um, accepted Christ. Maybe you guys are still on the fence. You are maybe, you know, self-proclaimed atheists or agnostics, and you could care less. Um, well, this is still something that you can do. I will say that it will be a little bit harder, but it will be a more concerted effort to do this. And so taking control of that. So sometimes we have to identify, we have to take inventory of what are my negative thoughts? What are the trash thoughts? And so when we look at this process of trash versus truth, one of the things that I want us to you know, keep in our mind is that this is the very kind of picture that we get, this process of replacing the trash with the truth. We get this from Christ himself. When he was being tempted by Satan and Satan you know, took him up to the top of the temple, he took him you know, to the highest hills. He took him to these places to try to tempt him, give up his godhood in a way, and become subservient to Satan, you know, to, to give up that which God had bestowed upon him, um, even though Christ being God within that flesh. Uh, but yet arrogance of Satan to say that, man, I can even outwit and tempt God himself. But what happened? With every single temptation, Christ fought back, not just with a positive or a, yeah, I'm not going to do that. No, he fought back with the truth of Scripture. And so here's the picture that we get. Satan was giving him some trash. Christ took that thought captive. He made it subservient to God. And then how did he do it? He threw away the trash by saying no, but then he also didn't let that place in his mind be empty. He chose to invite in truth. And what did he use? Scripture. Because we know that scripture is truth. It's God breathed. There's nothing truer than that. And so we take every thought captive. We identify what is the trash thought. We write them down. I'm going to encourage you, make a list. These are my trash thoughts. But then just like Christ did, he surrendered it to God. That's step number two. We want to surrender the trash thought. We want to yield the trash to God's authority. And how we do this is we have to accept responsibility for those thoughts. Like I said, you have the power to overcome those negative thoughts. The power lives inside of you because the Holy Spirit 
lives inside of you. Those of you who have not accepted that, there is still an ability to be able to take hold of those thoughts, to then bend them to the truth, not just what truth you subscribe, but what is actually, you know, truth here. Because even if, you know, you're looking at the drama at school and there is people that is spreading rumors and lies and about you or your friends, and it just seems like drama after drama after drama, and man, that can beat you down. Well, the truth is, is that man, maybe you're in middle school, maybe you're in high school, school is drama. Kids, even your best friends, are drama-filled. They're self-centered. They're self-serving. And so even if I look at it that way, like, man, this too shall pass. This drama, I don't have to get roped into it. Somebody comes and asks me, what's your opinion on this? That doesn't mean I have to give an opinion that is bashing somebody else. That doesn't mean that I actually have to give my opinion. I don't have to get wrapped up into the drama. And so I can surrender that truth to the situation and say, I don't have to have an opinion here. I think that's something that you need to go and ask that person yourself. If you have a problem with this person, why don't you go talk to them? You know, don't allow them to come and triangulate you in to their situation. Surrender that trash. And then we need to, and this is point number three, replace the trash with the truth. This is acknowledging God's truth. Your mind, not just your behavior, must change. In Romans chapter 12, verse two, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do we do that? We replace the the worldly thoughts with God thoughts. We replace them with what is truth and what we find to be God's word. And so again, we're going to look here in just a second about that list. So I keep going to it saying, hey, when we're replacing, man, put that on your list. Hey, when we're identifying trash, put it on your list because we want to attack these and we want to identify them. If we don't know what they are and they just kind of come and go, they will seem as if we have no control over them. But in taking control of them, we put them down on a list. When we replace them, guess what? We're going to put down the truth because we're going to talk about consistency. And that is number four. You must be consistent. Rome wasn't built in a day here, people. This is going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to be something that you need to intentionally do on either a day-to-day basis, maybe an hour-by-hour basis. But you need to think through your problems rather than just reacting to them. What's going on right now? You know, my anxiety is high. What's going on? Well, I had this incident come up. I had this situation present itself. And man, that's feeding into that thought that everything's going to crash and burn. Or um, I'm a failure, so it's going to end up in failure. I can identify, oh, these emotions, this anxiety, this stress is connected to these trash thoughts. And so now I am allowing myself to think through these processes, to think about these problems in a way of identifying them so then I can surrender them. Take our disabling thoughts captive. And the way that we do this is through confession. We can confess them to God. We can also invite people, trusted people into our lives as accountability. And we can confess 
those thoughts to them, man, I constantly think that I am a failure. I constantly think that I am unwanted and I am unlovable. A good accountability partner will hear that and they won't just speak empty words into your life. Trustworthy people, especially those that have good boundaries, man, they will be your cheerleader. They will be in your corner. They will help reinforce God's truth in your life. But they won't know to do that unless you're first willing to confess them. So take your disabling thoughts captive through confession. And number five is that list that I've been talking about. Choose to focus your thoughts on the right things. You know, Philippians 4, 4, 8 says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, loving, and admirable, think upon these. When we fix our things upon what is true, what is noble, we now create new neuro pathways. And if we are consistent in thinking about what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, loving, admirable, we are thinking upon those, we start to make them cemented. And we give less and less attention or entertain those old negative thoughts. And like most unused highways, they become decrepit, they fall apart, and they become no more. And so this is the encouragement. Give life to the highway of truth. Give life and entertain the thoughts that are noble. Be on the side of right, be pure in heart, love others, even yourself, and above all, be admirable. Carry yourself in a way that not just nobody can find fault in you. Of course, we're not perfect, but we want to strive for perfection um, in a good, godly way. You know, we want to stretch after and seek after the image of God that we got to see through Jesus Christ. We want to go for those things. But we want to present ourselves in a way that even we in our negative thinking patterns can look and say, man, you've done some good changing. We're not where we used to be. You are consistently looking at your list. You're looking at all those trash thoughts, but then you're looking at what we replaced it with. All right, we got this. Because here's number six. And always remember, it is possible. Well, this was Brandon with The Therapy Geeks, and I pray that this podcast was useful to you. The next podcast, we will be talking about one of my favorite subjects, coffee, and how we can have a life better than the best cup of coffee you've ever had. So we'll catch you later, and stay warm, Oklahoma. It's cold out there. Thanks again for listening. For more information on The Therapy Geeks or for more resources to help you or someone you love, please go to our website at www.thetherapygeeks.com or catch us on Facebook or Instagram. And also subscribe to be notified when new podcasts have posted.